Hello, my friend, and welcome back to Massive Positive Impact Radio. Today is yet again another expert interview. Awesome guest today. I love the guests that I do bring on this this podcast um, because I like to talk to people first, and then we come over and I say, hey, come on to the podcast. So uh, he has gone through my tests. Now, uh, David is uh, David Redbird is a mindset breakthrough coach. So today we're talking about mindset. I love this topic because there's so many different facets or so many different like um, tunnels and little rabbit holes that we can go down in terms of mindset. Cause it's a very, it can be a very complex thing. And at the same time, also a simple thing. So it's kind of interesting, but David helps online entrepreneurs overcome the mental and emotional barriers that they go through to keep them uh, or the mental and emotional barriers that keep them from success and their well-being. Uh, he has two master's degrees, one in public health and one in counseling, and he's also trained in yoga, breathwork, energy healing, and authentic communication. David, how you doing? Doing well. Glad to be here with you. Yeah, man. Good to have you here. Yeah. Cool. So we're talking about mindset today. Um, you, I mean, it's mindset and also like well-being. So how did you kind of get into this space? What I kind of first want to know about you. Like, yeah, I feel like, I feel like for me and a lot of people, they kind of go through something or through a handful of things. And then that leads them to be like, I really want to pursue this mainly because they want to serve. And I know that's you. So I just kind of want to hear your story. Tell me about how you got into this. Sure. So growing up, I had a tough childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a lot of shame, a lot of self-judgment, even a lot of self-hate uh, to the point where I became suicidal as a teenager. Uh, and uh, years later, when I was in my early 20s, I, I wanted to feel better. I wanted to connect with myself, to be able to connect with other people better, uh, and also to find my own answers for things. So I started to explore different tools, different healing methods. Uh, and within a few weeks, within several weeks, I started to just feel this, this massive positive impact where a lot of that uh, anger that I had carried as a result of this childhood was just gone after mm. six solid weeks of uh, doing some guided meditations. Um, and so I saw how much this work benefited me and I, I delved even further got certified in Reiki and different kinds of energy work and opened a healing practice and worked with uh, nearly a couple hundred clients over a few years. And uh, uh, let's see. And then I wanted to serve people even more. So I, I got a degree in public health so I could serve people at the community level. And I got a degree in counseling so I could serve people even more deeply uh, at the individual level. And um over that time, my, my sense of spirituality has, has grown and grown, and, and that led me to kind of exploring these inner mysteries, if you will, in a way that can serve people in a really practical way. Hmm. And that's how we've arrived here. Wow. Very cool, man. Yeah, it's, uh, I can totally relate because I went through a challenging childhood myself, you know, and it's, I think that's why we definitely kind of resonated together leading up to you coming on the podcast. Um, it, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. Like, I think that mindset is something that the world doesn't have enough. And at the same time, people say, you know, it seems like it's like, um, like an overused word or an overused topic 
and people were like, oh, it's just just like another mindset coach or whatever. It's like, well, it, it you could say that if everybody was really strong with their mindset, but not enough people are. You know what I mean? Um, so what? Yeah. Uh, what are the the mental and emotional barriers that you're talking about? Are there like a common, you know, three or five or one that tends to get into people's way um, that the listener could be like, oh yeah, that's hundred percent me or not. So, so far I've got two in mind. We'll see if I, we'll see if any other common ones come while I'm talking. Sure. But uh, one of them is money. So growing up, we, we unconsciously learn about money through our parents, how they treat money, how they interact with money. Um, and so and the messages they tell us about money. So, you know, if they tell us things like money is hard to get or money is bad, money is evil, um, you know, only crooks have money, right? Mm. Um, things like that, then we internalize those, those beliefs. And then when, when we're, particularly in entrepreneurship, when we're trying to earn money, it's like we're trying to earn something that our system is telling us that we shouldn't have because we'd be bad if we did, right? Or it'd be wrong in some way. And you, um, when you say system, you mean internal system, right? Internal system, exactly. Right. Okay, yeah. Uh, and so then we, we maybe we have trouble receiving money or earning money because we have these beliefs about money, mm-hmm. right? Um, so for example, I, I had a client whose father became, uh, had a dental practice for, for many years and, and uh, he, his father eventually became homeless like he lost everything after investing all of his money in this dental practice. Wow. And so my client had this issue of fearing investing in his own business as a result of fear of becoming like his father. Mm. Right. Um, trying to think of some other examples. I, it's really interesting. So in our culture, uh, it seems like a lot of the meaning making around money comes through dad and how dad treats money. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I can totally relate. You know, a lot of, that was the interesting thing about like me getting into entrepreneurship. And I think that it was like the best thing that I could have done for myself personally, because it challenged me to, to stretch these like thinking capacities that I had basically a lot of it too, was like the financial area. Cause like, um, my dad had some like right beliefs and, you know, he would always be like, James, it's all about the money. It's all about the money. It's like, I feel like it is. And at the same time, it's not because if you don't have money, you don't get, you know, comfort, you don't get uh, a car, you know, or a house that you get to live in or food in the fridge. You know, you don't get those things. If you don't have money, no matter how great your personality is, you could fill up your whole shopping cart and go check out. And they're like, okay, it's X amount of dollars. And you're like, well, I don't have that, but I got a great personality. Right. It's like, no, it's not how it happens. So yes, money is super important. Um, the only thing is that with, with my dad, he was very, um, very like constrictive with his money and not generous with it. And as I learned principles on like the law of circulation, you know, giving is how you activate that law of circulation and then be open to receiving and having this abundance mindset. That was like something that I'm obsessed with, first of all, because I, I have, I've changed so much in that area in my own life. Um, in order go ahead. to like that programming from dad. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. So my, my question is that I feel like that's common with a lot of people, you know, because especially with like our generation or younger generations, because um, 
you know, we had like the baby boomers and they went through all these things that caused them to feel that way about money, feel more constricted. Now it's more about like entrepreneurship or people's parents, you know, they came from different times where like work nine to five, get a good job that pays you hourly. You know, they have all these different views about how you earn income, what it is. And now it's like, you could have a really strong email list, create a digital product and then send out an email. And then that can make money. It can make you more money. And it's like, it's just so different now, especially with the internet, more and more people are moving to that online space. Um, But what, what's kind of like your main way for people, first of all, to notice these limiting barriers that they have inside their mind? Hmm. So what I want to, what I want to jump in with is actually to, to answer that by looking a little bit more at your dad and how you talked about your dad handling money, right? You talked about constriction. Where's that constriction coming from? It's coming from fear. It's coming from fear that if I don't um, hold on to this money, it's going, I'm going to lose it somehow and then it won't come back, right? So the fear is the motivating emotion that's driving that behavior of holding on to the money so tightly, right? So uh, for me, Yes, the overarching topic that I look at is mindset, but really I'm not just looking at mindset. I'm interested in the emotions. I'm interested in how we're feeling about things and how those are impacting us and how the things in our lives are impacting us in terms of how we feel about them. Uh, I'm also interested in the body and and bringing back our connection with the body and and, uh, using that as as a tool for gaining uh, more information about how we're doing beyond just our feelings. And then also our intuition, kind of like you were touching on earlier uh, before we jumped on the call. Yeah. Um, Let me see here. And then something else that I want to talk about, which to me is is integral, it's vital, is, um, you know, I, I think a lot of mindset is just about changing your mind, right? So just this idea that if you picture an iceberg, there's a part that's above the water and then there's all that part below the water. And that part above the water, I think, is what a lot of mindset folks are, are thinking about when they're thinking about mindset is just, okay, I have these thoughts. Let me notice my thoughts. Let me change those thoughts. And that is helpful to a degree, but the major change happens when you start to work with the subconscious mind, the part that's below the water. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where the majority of our beliefs uh, and, and thoughts come from is this subconscious area. Uh, there's some amazing information that uh, our conscious mind processes about 10 bits of data per second, where our subconscious mind processes about 10 million bits of data per second. Wow. Uh, that, yeah, and so really we're, we're operating, we like to think that we're in conscious control of things, but really our subconscious is what dictates a lot of our thoughts and, and actions. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's, it's about taking this holistic perspective and looking at the whole picture rather than just the mind, you know? Sure. Yeah. So how do you, how would you recommend, let's say someone in my situation where they have patterns, let's say they started like their own entrepreneurial journey and they're having patterns where they're kind of stuck with these limiting beliefs. Like you said earlier, like they, you know, can't make money or they're having trouble keeping the money or all these different beliefs that could be happening. How would you help someone actually notice and shift those beliefs with your holistic approach? Yeah. 
So the way that I do that is pretty unusual. Uh, it's not something that a lot of folks are doing. I call it parts work. So parts this is work. gonna sound really interesting. Okay. So basically what I would have the client do is I would have them I would have them sit in the chair that they're in and then I would have them bring in an empty chair, right? And we would imagine that actually money is sitting in this empty chair. And now I would have the client actually talk to money directly about how money has been impacting them and about how they feel toward money, mm. right? And they would, and I would support them in expressing all the emotions that they have around money, whether it's sadness, whether it's anger, whether it's, it's guilt or regret or whatever it is, just continuing to, to really get all those emotions out because right now they're, they're in the system kind of burdening it, right? They're inside us burdening it. And if we can communicate them, we're, we're giving them oxygen and now they can move through instead of continuing to weigh us down and impact how we feel and, and, to, and, and continuing to keep us from receiving money. And so, so we share with money how it's been impacting us and, and how we feel toward it. And then this is where it gets even more interesting. We switch seats with money. And now we sit as money and we notice what it's like to be money in our body and what it's like emotionally to be money. And we notice, and, and we, as sitting as money, now we notice, well, what do we want to say to the client? So I'm money now speaking to the client. Like what's, what's the client not hearing that money is saying, or they like subconsciously kind of feel. Um, it's, it's not necessarily what they're not hearing. It's more, um, it's just more whatever it is that money wants to share with the client. Mm, okay. Right. Based on what the client had said to it, to money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then as money, we, we, uh, we like to, or as the, as the part, right. Cause this is just an example of working with a part in this case, money, mm -hmm. Um, we want to uncover, you know, where, uh, when did, when, when did like, so in this case, constriction around money, right? So when sure. did, when did we first start to get constricted around money? So we want to ask money this and, and, and listen to what money has to say about when this first started happening. Hmm. And then, uh, uh, what was going on at that time and how did you serve in, in this case, how did you serve James at that time? And how are you serving James now? And what do you need to feel more supportive of James, maybe to allow James to feel more relaxed in the way that he's uh, working with money and, mm -hmm. and feel more comfortable in spending money, right? So we would uncover these things by actually talking to, talking to the client as money, that the client is sitting as money. And we would create this dialogue between money and the client and, uh, you know, what happens when we ask the part, in this case, money, what happens when we ask that part, you know, what do you need to feel comfortable supporting James in, in, in feeling able and comfortable and willing to, to spend money and to give it and so forth? Hmm. These parts will give really practical answers. Like they'll tell you like, um, you know, I need James to trust that it's okay that if he spends, if he spends me that I will come back, hmm. you know? Yeah. Like they'll say really practical things. Um, and then what we do is we, we check in with the client and we say like, hey, this is what money said it needs in order to feel comfortable supporting you. Are you willing to do the things that money said? Right. So it's really cool. It's basically like we're channeling money 
Yeah, no, that's, that's really powerful. I've heard this same technique um, about like, if you're constantly feeling like using it with your body, but I've never thought about it in terms of money where people will, if they're feeling tons of shoulder pain, for example, mm-hmm. um, then you like have an internal dialogue and you can even write a note to that part of your body that's in constant pain or, you know, stress or whatever it is. And you're like, have this conversation with that part of your body. What do I need to do to make you feel better? Like, what can I do? You're basically doing like relationship counseling with <laughs> this other thing, either your body or that part of your body. Um, and it will, you'll get subconscious feedback because your conscious mind is trying to dictate it. But that subconscious piece or that lower half of the iceberg, as you were mentioning, is going to actually send you signals. And mm-hmm. I, I think, I believe that the way that we notice those signals yeah, is because you're, you're like your internal part. I think I say called the infinite side of you is way more intelligent than your human part than you could ever imagine. You know, like I'm not that smart in no offense, David, but you're not that smart, but there's a part of us that's inside of us that is that smart. And the key is to tap into that. See what I mean? That's what, that's how I see it. And, um, yeah, it's pretty amazing because it will literally send you a signal. And I believe that the way that we notice that is by paying attention to, like you are mentioning about the feeling tone that we have, because you, you'll feel something inside of you, like triggered basically. And you feel something that, that's a uh, energetic kind of uplift, or it's something that hits you. And then that's what will give you those answers. So you have to like really pay attention to the way that you're feeling is the way that I see it. Yes. And when we do this work, rather than just a, a kind of amorphous, unclear signal, like like a feeling is is super valuable, and it's not it's not words, right? Yeah. Uh, and so when we're doing this work, what happens is is by first setting the stage by letting the client and guiding the client to to fully emotionally express how they're feeling toward this thing and how it's been impacting them, it's almost like like calling that part forward so that when the client switches seats and sits as the part they can feel in their body what it's like to be money or what it's like to be another part so money is just an example but like say a client that's having trouble losing weight you can do the same thing with weight right or say say trying to think of other examples say I've, i've had a client who we did this work with his adoptive son that his adoptive son had a lot of trauma prior to being adopted. Now let's talk to your son as if he was here and let's sit as him and see, mm-hmm. see what happens, you know, or let's do that work with, I've done it with the client with her adoptive father. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then her biological father. And, and we, it's amazing. The, the stuff you can uncover with this uh, that we, that neither she nor I were really clued into prior to the work. Uh, so, for example, in this case, when when she sat as her biological dad, she could feel the weight of his depression on him and how his depression was driving the things that he had said to her in a way that she hadn't been aware of prior to doing it. So the point is, is it's this is going much deeper than just uh, like there's total value in listening to feelings. I am 100 percent on board with that. And. By, by fully expressing the emotions and the impact of these parts, it's like we're summoning these parts forward so that we can work with them. So that by the time the client switches seats, they're sitting into this energy that they've just been uh, fully voicing. So it goes much deeper than just um, 
day-to-day and moment-to-moment awareness of feelings and, and bodily sensations. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, that's what I, that's what I'm kind of meaning when I say that is like, yes, it is the emotion or the feeling tone that we feel. Cause I, I mean, it's all, everything is created in the mind. It's all a thought before it becomes a thing. So we have these thinking or these thoughts that we have inside of our, ourself and paying attention to the emotion or the feeling tone, I believe is how we're able to notice those thoughts a lot easier. And then when we're able to change those thoughts, then it um, spills into new feelings as well. Yeah, for sure. There's a, there's a thought emotion cycle, excuse me, thought emotion cycle. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, You know, I think that not necessarily everything begins in the mind. So for example, like in my case, as a kid growing up with all that shame, that shame was then sitting in my system. And then from that shame came thoughts of self-hate. So the thoughts, in, from my perspective, were, were coming from the feeling. So if we have these, these heavy, stuck emotions in our system, they can weigh us down and lead to thoughts that create a self-supporting cycle where the, the kind of feeling is sustained, if that makes sense. So those the self-hate thoughts that were bubbling up from the shame serve to create more shame, which serves to create more self-hate thoughts, right, and creating the cycle. So it's not, so, so our mind, like our thoughts can change how we feel and our thoughts can arise from feelings. So feelings being first, so it can go either way. I see what you mean. Yeah. But I, I feel that the feelings do come from the way that we think internally first, and then we generate feelings. Just those feelings are like, like building muscle. You know, if you feel confident regularly, it's because you've built muscles of confidence compared to you feeling insecure. It's because you've built muscles of insecurity, i.e. those like spiritual or those mental muscles. And then when you start thinking new, it's really challenging to just, oh, all of a sudden I feel freaking super confident when I was insecure for or had no self-esteem for my entire life. That's how I was. It took me years of instilling new beliefs and thoughts inside of my mind to generate more feelings and find that proof inside my life that I was capable, that I could do things, you know, that I was good enough. And that's how I became way more confident in my life. Like I do not have any, it's not even a question, those insecurities that I used to have in my life, you know, and it, I believe that it does come from that instilling those new, those new thoughts and beliefs that we have inside of us and just nurturing them. Cause we have to nurture those thoughts in order to generate that feeling. Cause that's like the roots that we have inside of ourselves. So it's in-depth stuff. That's why it's like, it's so complicated or so complex, the human psyche and just mindset. And that's, yeah, that's like I mentioned in the beginning, like a lot of people are like, oh, it's just like a mindset coach or something like it's cliche. And it's like, well, if everybody had a super strong mindset, then maybe you could say that, but <laughs> people don't. Right. But I don't, even, I don't even necessarily like the word mindset because it, it holds the idea that the, the only key that you need is in your mind. And, and as, I, as I mentioned earlier, to me, there's so much information in our emotional experience, in our bodily experience, uh, in, our, in our more intuition, intuitive experience, mm-hmm. spiritual experience. Uh, and so to me, the word mindset is only scratching the surface. And, and really mindset to me is, is only dealing with that part that's above the water because that's, you know, that part of the iceberg, because that's where we change our thoughts consciously. But if we if we can if we can work with them, the subconscious right below the water, a lot of that change above becomes effortless, meaning Mm. if we can change the foundational blocks in our subconscious, 
then the thoughts that arise, we don't have to keep fighting against old thoughts because now we've, we've uh, shifted something at a much deeper level. I see. So is uh, that exercise that you mentioned about like the money or you can also use with your health and everything with the chairs, uh, is that like the best way that you have personally found to transform that subconscious? Is it something that someone could do on their own? Like, let's say someone listened to this and they're like, I can't, you know, hire a coach or something. And they're just like using free content to kind of make it through and have that be their support system. What's something that they could do now, or even a step-by-step system that they could start implementing right now to really start to change that subconscious or the under the iceberg. So at the top of the iceberg is easier, the conscious part. So what I like about this work, this, this parts work is it's, it's external. There is another type of work called inner child work that I did for many years before I found parts work. Mm. Um, and inner child is based, inner child work is basically the internal version of parts work. So it is something that someone could absolutely do on their own. Uh, if we want some free resources around that, uh, go on YouTube, type in uh, how to heal a deep emotional wound I've got a guided meditation there. Oh, okay. Uh, should pop up. It'll be about 18 minutes long. You'll see my name, David Redboard. We can put that in the description too, so people can click the link. Because it can be hard to find things on YouTube sometimes. So yeah. we'll do that. Uh, cool. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, let me see here. And so with with inner child work, again, it's it's these things are honestly, I think of them like art, you know? Sure. Uh, so, so on the one hand, there's a, there's a lot of art and it's, it's, for me, it's really fun to facilitate. And then on the other hand, we want to be able to do these things ourselves. And so what, if you can use this guided meditation, it gives you step-by-step instructions to go through this process of, okay, what's the wound? Where do I feel it in my body? And uh, when was the first time that I felt this way? What was going on at that time? How old was I? Where was I? Who else was there? Uh, what was happening and what was my child self needing at that time that he or she didn't get. And now let me go and actually visualize bringing my child self what he or she needed at that time and taking them to a safe place where I can give that to them so that I can meet those needs in the past, right? In my subconscious. And now fast forward to the present and now I'm healing the wound in the present by giving my child what he or she needed. I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a free resource that you have on your guided meditation. Love that, man. Is that the similar? Cause you mentioned in the beginning that when you were really changing and transforming kind of your internal game uh, and overcoming your internal barriers that you were going through guided meditations, was it a similar guided meditation process that you went through and then you maybe evolved or what was it? So the, the inner child work that I'm using in that video is like combining a bunch of, a bunch of energy work and different methods that I've learned in combination with, with work from uh, a wonderful teacher called Teal Swan. Teal Swan. Oh, I've heard of that name. Teal Swan. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, for me, just going to your question when I first, so that, that's what that, that's what that emotional wound healing video is about. Mm. To, to answer your question, for me, when I was first starting out, there were two, two meditations that were really helpful. One you can go on YouTube also and look up. It's called uh, Energy Body Revitalization, like 40 minutes long. Wow. Uh, 
I did that about three, four times a week for six weeks. And this is something that I would recommend to clients all the time as like a starting place for people that haven't uh, necessarily started clearing out their internal stuff, so to speak, like the stuff that doesn't serve them. This yeah. is a great meditation to, to start off with that. And uh, after three or four, three or four times a week for six weeks, I just experienced this massive change where all this anger, 99% of this anger that I had been carrying, this, this child that was just gone, basically, mm. just as a result of doing that. Um, and so, so that's the main one that I use to really help start me off. And then another one is, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to remember the specific one, but basically it's a spirit guide meditation. So going and meeting your spirit guide and, and sitting with them and talking with them and asking them questions about where you're at and where you're at on your path and what do you need to move forward? Kind of like the parts work, actually. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, we can, uh, we'll, we'll get those links together and then I'll, I'll put them in the description just so people have them uh, right here instead of trying to find them themselves. People like things easy and I don't blame them. <laughs> um okay. That's cool, man. That's uh, very, very powerful. So you would do that f the whole 40 minute audio or video three to four times a week. I would go to the park and I would sit by the water in a kind of isolated area of the park, put on the headphones, do the guided meditation. Just sit there for 40 minutes. I love that, dude. That I think, well, what's important about what you, how long did you do that for three to four days a week? Three to four times a week or uh, six weeks six weeks is that when you really started to notice a, a serious change huge <clears throat> yeah huge. so what's cool about that is that that's similar to me i didn't do guided meditations but i read the four agreements by don mm -hmm. miguel ruiz and i just like could see the first time i read it i was like oh my god i could see all these different ways that these agreements are going to help me so i was obsessed with that book and for about four three or four months probably i read that book every day or just about every day. I was always reading it and studying it. Cause I, that was like the first time I fell in love with personal development. Um, but it, it's just kind of the same thing with you. You know, if, if whoever's listening to this, if you are going through a time where, you know, you just, things aren't really working out, you know, or the mindset issue as well, or you're just down in the dumps, you know, lacking confidence as well. I think what's important is to like, I found my thing and then you found your thing. So to experiment, you know, read the four agreements, Listen to the audio that David mentioned. Um, but the biggest thing that like, while we both took different paths, we still had a consistency, which was consistency. And that's the most important thing, I think, because you were diligent enough and you had enough pain that you were like, I feel like this is working for me. I'm going to keep doing it. And you did it three or four days a week for six weeks. I read the book for months until I started to see results because I found something that was working for me and I just kept moving with it. You know, so listen to like David's meditation, his own meditation, then the one that he recommended as well. Listen to the four agreements. Keep listening to the podcast, obviously. Uh, but I think that's that's the biggest thing. And I think people get impatient and then they don't actually continue with it because that consistency is is so big. And at the same time, I believe that you have to be in enough pain to really be like, this is the right thing for me. You know, and I think that when you find like when I found the four agreements. I that kind of answered the pain. Like I had pain and I was dabbling with stuff. But when I found the four agreements, it was like, this is the thing for me. You know, it was, I imagine it was probably similar for you. You maybe tried a couple things, but when you find that meditation, something about it just resonated with you and made you want to pursue it. Yeah. 
Uh, once again, for me, it's about going deeper than just the mind, you know? So that meditation, that energy body revitalization one is working on that energetic level. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's working on that subconscious level too. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, I could feel the difference after one time, one session. Right. And so the, those, the, that felt experience was cumulative. That's what I tell, that's what I would tell clients is, don't you know try it once and see how you feel but then keep going with it right and and yeah. and even after you do this three or four times if you do it for a week notice how you feel and then keep going and the idea is that each session is building on the previous ones and so the, the benefits just keep building right. just like your i imagine your experience with the four agreements right we're we're taking in this information and then we're in these different situations and we can see how the agreements apply and then we we go yep. back to the book and then we or in another situation that we could see how the agreements apply even better, right? And we could see more yeah. deep how they apply. So it's, it's, it's the, like you said, this kind of consistency leading to a greater and greater cumulative impact. Mm, yeah. That's awesome. That's powerful stuff. I love it, man. Well, okay. Let's, uh, we're going to start wrapping up here and I want to ask you the main big question that I ask everybody on here. And it's David, what is your MPI? So what's a massive positive impact that you want to see, create, or be a part of in this world? Yeah, so we didn't talk about this too much. We focused a lot in, on mindset in this, uh, in this interview. But one of the other things that I'm really working on is uh, I have a, a fully-fledged course that helps people drastically reduce their PTSD. Oh, wow. And uh, so for me... I'm wanting to put this out in the world in a way where as many people as possible that have PTSD, that have trauma can go through this. And, you know, uh, there's a quote by Rumi. Rumi is a yeah. Sufi poet. Rumi said, uh, your task is not to seek for love. Your task is to seek and find all the barriers you've made against it. Wow. And, right. Exactly. Yeah. That's, so, that's, that's uh, art. <laughs> It, yeah. Exactly. And so trauma, it, to me, is one of the biggest barriers that we can have to love, but also to well-being and our ability to connect with ourselves and others, right? And so I want to have as many folks with PTSD and, and trauma go through this course so that they can release those barriers that are keeping them from more love and well-being. Mm. And that's, that's the massive positive impact that I want to have. Yeah, that's huge, man, because there's a lot of people who got PTSD, you know, and it's not, it doesn't just come from like warfare or something. It can come from childhood experiences. Yeah. Okay. I know I had, I had lots of PTSD and uh, I had ways of overcoming it, um, you know, in my own ways, but I, I love that. I think it's cool. And I think it's powerful stuff that you're talking about. And I imagine there's like stuff like this and then that we've talked about in this conversation and then way more in depth as well into this course to help people overcome that PTSD. That's a powerful message, man. It's a big impact. Thank love you. it. Yeah killer dude uh okay so what is something free that you can offer my uh my listener whoever's listening right now you have some kind of special gift something uh something special for this person yes so we talked about that guided meditation on youtube yep uh so you can go on there and just look up how to or actually we'll probably have the link in the i'll put the link down yeah we'll fight we'll figure it out and get it in there it's called how to heal a deep emotional wound um, what else? I was, you know, you and I had talked about confidence. And so I was thinking of, again, I, I love quotes. So there's another quote 
that's uh, my biggest takeaway from the art of war. Sun Tzu. Sun Tzu said, uh, uh, let's see here. know yourself and you will win half of your battles. Know your enemy and you will win half of your battles. Know yourself and your enemy and you will win all of your battles. Hmm. And so for me, I bring that back to entrepreneurship and I say, okay, the more you know yourself and how you respond in different situations and how to work with different situations, the more empowered you're going to be. And instead of enemy, I think we can change that to ideal customer avatar, right? So the, more, okay. <laughs> the better you know the people that you're serving, the, uh, the more likely you're going to be able to succeed with them and give them what they need to, to get where they want to go. Uh, and so what I'm, open to, what I'm open to sharing with your listeners is um, one of the ways that I, that I work with people to help them know themselves better is is through some some personality tests and and identifying their strengths and uh, really getting to know themselves better through these different methods so like things like the myers-briggs test the enneagram um, there's a, a thing called the the values and actions survey which helps us identify our strengths and then we get to use those strengths more and more to feel better about ourselves uh, in a very natural easy way so I'm happy to, to share some, some links uh, uh, for those things. Okay, awesome. Yeah, this is going to be sweet. We got tons of links down here, tons of free stuff. Thank you so much for being generous uh, like that. I love it, uh, all about it. Um, so for, for your audience, uh, my audience probably already has this. Uh, if not, I want to give you something special for being uh, on the, the show, you know, and uh, feel free to share it with whoever you'd like. I can send you a link but uh, it's the total confidence blueprint. So it's all about that internal confidence. I feel, tell me if I'm wrong, that it would connect with your audience as well with the PTSD, you know, overcoming that. And it's like, hey, here's another free gift. I feel like it would serve them. So it's just something that I kind of wanted to offer you. Uh, but yeah, total confidence blueprint. It's a 30 page ebook and it's got seven proven practices that I've used to become more confident in my own life. And I use them every single day. It's just kind of who I am at this point, but it has, it was these seven things that I could come up with that made confidence happen in my life. So I would love to give that to you and you can share with your audience as well. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome, man. Cool. Well, uh, in terms of me, if you are listening to this right now and you've been listening, I have a free workshop actually up on my website. So that is my gift to everybody who's listening right now. Just go on to jamesallencoaching.com and Allen is A-L-L-E-N. So jamesallencoaching.com, right when you get on there, very straightforward. Everything is geared toward, towards, here's a workshop. So it'll be super easy to find. And then you get a free workshop right then and there. Uh, my gift to you. It's a little over an hour. So take it, use it as much as you want. You can skim through, you can pause it, you can go back, whatever you want. It's my gift to you. Uh, David. Any final last words? No, it sounded sounded dangerous right there, but <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> uh, good thing I'm safe at home. Uh, let's see. Final, final last words. Take the time to go inwards and shed the layers of who you are not, so you can discover and remember who you are. Wow, that's beautiful. Love that. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for spending time with me today. Thank you to the listener for taking time out to listen to this podcast. Um, check out David, check out the links that we have down in the description, either on YouTube or the podcast, wherever you're uh, indulging this information on. 
and uh, go take the time to work on you. That's the biggest thing. Cause it, I can speak from experience that that is massive. All right. Thank you so much for spending the time with us. Go out there and make your own massive positive impact. Bye-bye.